get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by the Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. The Blues scheduled for a game tomorrow night in San Jose. 8.30 with the pregame, 9.30 with the faceoff here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale will have the call for you. And Joey Broadcaster joins us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, Randy. Good morning. But doing really well today. How are you guys? Everything's great here. We're just uh, looking forward to a weekend. I think the NHL has really done the Blues a favor. And I know these, there's going to be a couple of late games coming up here. But this schedule with the West Coast teams could have been a lot more difficult for Blues fans. Oh, definitely. You know, that was the one concern, I think, when they end up pulling the strings for this Western division. And, and remember, if you go back to it, I think a lot of people thought they were kind of falling that central south where, um, you know, where Dallas, Dallas ended up falling. I think at, at the beginning, it was always between Minnesota and St. Louis as far as which team would go where. And we, for a while, they looked like Minnesota was going to draw the West. But, of course, St. Louis does draw. And the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of Blues fans and, and certainly for the broadcasting crew was all the late starts. But, but you look at it. And I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. But for all the 9 and 9.30 starts, we thought there'd be way more than there were. Uh, the league did do a terrific job working with St. Louis, recognizing that it's a central division team in the central time zone. And they're going to be going out West. And it's a great market here in St. Louis, one of the best in the entire country, actually. So to, so to make sure that the fans can stay up to date with everything, they did a great job with the times. Joey, we're hoping to get out of this weekend without another injury from the Blues. It feels like that's all we're talking about these days is adding uh, or removing some guys from this injured list. But from a hockey standpoint, what kind of adjustments does this team need to make stylistically while they have so many key guys out? Well, I think stylistically, Michelle, from what I can tell, you know, you look at the numbers and it kind of makes sense to just really focus on the power play and the goaltending to win you games and to keep your head above water through the next three to four weeks. I think the next three to four weeks is going to be a very pivotal time in this season where I think they're going to be looking back, whether they make the playoffs and go on a run or don't. I think it'll be through this stretch of March with all the injuries that they're going to say, this is what either uh, made us or this is what broke us. And I think if you want to get made through this and you want to maybe play 500 hockey or even just a little bit above it, you know, I think that the area to really focus on is, number one, your goaltending and just recognizing the fact that you have one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. So he's going to keep you in games. I know the stretch of the St. Louis Blues has not been all that favorable over the last couple of weeks. But you look at all those games. There were not a lot of blowouts. There's a lot of one-goal games. I mean, it was down to the wire. We were pulling our goalie at the very end, scratching and clawing 
our way back into it. And number one reason why is because your goalie kept in the position throughout those games. So that's number one. And the second thing, the most important thing for me would be, yes, you don't have the personnel to run four lines and six defensemen, but you do still have the personnel for a power play. You still have O'Reilly. You still have Krug. You got Falk. You got Dunn. You got Shen. You got, you got all the pieces. You got David Fran shot, right? So those are the pieces that the power play has. You're not missing any of those guys. So special teams can play a really important role here, I think, in the next three weeks where you know you're going to get the save. And when you draw penalties, if you can get your motor going with Nathan Walker, Mackenzie McEachern, you can draw some penalties by moving your feet. And when that power play has the time and the advantage to go out there and make a, make a stand and get some points, they got to go out there and they got to do that. So for me, I think systematically, like you just said, Michelle, I think there's got to be a huge focus on special teams because you know you're going to get the goaltending saver now, but five on five, it may just not be in the cards for you given all the injuries. But I feel like, you know, the St. Louis Blues right now, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Disney World. You know, when you go to Disney World, uh, the first day everyone's jacked up and energized, and this is how the Blues were in the start of the season. Everyone's healthy, everyone's doing good. But by day three in Disney World, you know, uh, you're, you're exhausted, you got heat rash, the kids got sticky fingers, there's meltdowns left and right galore. You're, as a parent, you're just trying to keep it together, right? I feel like this is what Craig Brewery is kind of going through right now. Joey, I, I see them so much on the perimeter. There's not a lot of front uh, movement and, and just activity in front of the opposition. You know, the, the ugliness of, of a game that can help you. Do you see that as well? And, and if so, how do they correct some of those things? Well, to me, Danny, it's, it's a good point. And I think that to be fair and to be honest, I think that there are young players that are getting an opportunity right now, given the injuries. And I don't know if we've seen enough out of some of the players as far as that kind of grit and grime. You know, look what Mackenzie McEachern did in the first shift last game. He drives the net. He knocks Peterson off his mark. The net comes off. He takes Mikey Anderson down. I think it was actually in the first game because Mikey Anderson didn't play the second game. But the, the point was Mackenzie McEachern's helmet's in the corner. He's getting all, like, you know, uh, space washed by, I admit, of another L.A. player. It's causing havoc. Drew Doughty's there. He's getting in the mix. To me, that's what's got to happen more. Now, you don't have to do it every single shift. But you have to go out there and you have to make an impact on the game. Now, not everyone's going to make an impact by scoring a goal. Some of us, uh, just our God-given talents, we're, we're not goal scorers. You know, Austin Pagansky can get noticed other ways than scoring goals. Mackenzie McEachern can get noticed other ways than scoring goals. Who's going to drive the net? Who's going to knock the net off its hinges? Who's going to make that goaltender uncomfortable? Who's going to walk past the bench and maybe, maybe make a, a smart remark to one of the star players? you know, come tomorrow night if it's Brett Burns. You know, David Prawn did a terrific job getting under the skin of Brett Burns, and I think he was a non-factor in the two games that they were here in St. Louis. But it can't always be those veteran guys. This, to me, is where you need the youthful guys to really step up. Everyone's got to make an impact on the game. you got to look at yourself in the mirror for these young players, and you got to say what you are and what you aren't, what you can bring to this game, and how you can have an impact on this game. And for me, I think a lot of young guys really need to have that discussion, that conversation with themselves, because that could play a huge role in the next couple of weeks. Joey, here at the station today, I got a Girl Scout uh, cookie delivery, and inadvertently, I purchased some Lemon Up Girl Scout cookies, which I don't like. So take it or leave it in Joe Vitale's opinion, and you're a, an extraordinary baker. So I, I ask this with all due respect to everybody who bakes anything. Uh, take it or leave it, there is such thing as a bad cookie. Oh, I will definitely take that for sure because I can't imagine. I don't know why the Girl Scouts are even selling any other cookie other than the Thin Mint. 
isn't the thin mint the only one people desire anymore? It's spectacular. I, I like the Samoa with the coconut and chocolate on top. The thin mint in the freezer, though, is they could sell plenty of those and not have to sell anymore. That's the key to a thin mint because they can just be kept so nicely in the freezer and they kind of have a nice little crisp crunch to it. But uh, yeah, you're right. Whenever whenever it's Girl Scout season, my wife, she stocks up. We have a little um, a big freezer in our garage and it's strictly this time of the year. It's just thin mints across the board. And it's so funny. My kids, my kids will move them into the house. We have our ice machine maker in our freezer. So what the kids do, they take out the whole roll of thin mints. They take a couple here and there, and they just chuck them in the ice machine. So when I go to get fresh ice, I'm sure a lot of parents out there can, can relate to this. You're getting ice with thin mint chocolate attached to every grab you have. So you you, you have a glass of water. Or I typically make myself a little seltzer with vodka at night because I got way too many kids. And here you are. You take a sip. And then you got like a chocolate piece floating around in your glass. But uh, that's the good stuff, man, as Kenny Chesney said. But, Joey, even a bad cookie, you're going to choose that over kale. So is a cookie that bad, even if it's not great? No way. Are you kidding me, Michelle? I love kale. Kale's a great food. It's yeah. terrific. Give me Joey, kale chips. It's good for you, but if given the choice, you don't really want to eat it from a taste perspective, uh, do you? Hey, I'm telling you right now, for all you kale haters out there, Michelle, you sound like one. Do yourself a favor. Next week, at some point, or even this weekend, go to Rebel Kitchen. Okay, there's a guy out there. Uh, Simon's his name. He actually provides food for a lot of blues players on off days, game days. He's a terrific chef. Rebel Kitchen out there in, in Clayton. Uh, I think it's about around Richmond Heights, right off Highway 40 there by that Best Buy. It's kind of tucked away. You got you got to kind of search it. But Rebel Kitchen has a kale salad. And then follow me here, Michelle, because I know you're a python and you'll appreciate this. Yes, I will. They, they mix it. They chop it really small so you don't feel like you're really crunching in anything. So it's a small, small kale. But they mix it with, get this, like Parmesan cheese, Italian breadcrumbs, a boatload of lemon. I mean, it is like a, uh, an, a, an Italian dish wrapped up into a bowl. You can get it in a wrap as well. So I suggest to anyone out there who has not liked kale, try the Rebel Kitchen kale salad or kale Caesar chicken wrap. It, it will blow your mind. It will change your opinion on kale. Okay, Joe, I'm going there after the show. Thanks for the hot tip. Hey, Joey, can I ask you something sports-related? <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever you want me, I guess, if, if you want. Okay. Um, so this weekend, the Cardinals are going to host about 1,500 fans at a ballpark that is roughly about 7,000, something like that, 7,500. The Blues have been having fans inside a big stadium, arena, if you will, have you noticed the fans? Have the fans been vocal? Do they make any noise? It, what is it like when you're down there? And do the players talk about it at all? You know what, Dan? I have really enjoyed it. I didn't think I'd enjoy it this much, and I didn't think it'd have as big of an impact on the experience. But it has, and I mean that. Listen, when they got going, it was empty. It was a little depressing. And then they bumped it up to like 300. Eh, I didn't notice much at all, right? Scratch, scratch off the old block. But then... When it started to go to 1,500, in this past homestand, I think it was at roughly close to 3,000, but they had those fans mixed in and out throughout every section. Now, And I'm telling you right now, I never was a big believer in it, but the cardboard cutouts help. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to be doing that in the spring season or Bush Stadium when all this thing kind of kicks on, but the cardboard cutouts help because they're mixing fans with the cardboard cutouts. From up top, I can't tell who's who. I don't know. I don't know if you're real or cardboard from up top. And I don't think these players know either. And I think the noise, they're, they're incorporating more uh, fan noise into the game. And you are seeing people walk around. And you are seeing some big cardboard people here and there as well. 
But I'm telling you from a player's perspective, they don't really notice anything different from a broadcasting perspective. I've really enjoyed it. I'm actually finding more energy in games late in the third period where by the start of the season, I was kind of falling out, kind of drifting away a little bit where I was kind of getting a little sleepy because there just was nothing to really look at outside the game. But now I'm starting to find that energy again. I've had some friends go to some games over the last couple games here in St. Louis. And surprisingly enough, they've had a really great experience. They said everything's been done very well. It's been safe. We, we never felt like we were jeopardizing their health or anyone around us was. I mean, they are strict. They have ushers at every section making sure people are keeping masks on. And as soon as you don't have it on for a second, they will call you out and they will ask you to leave. But that's what it's going to take. And I think everyone so far from what I've heard has had nothing but a great experience. And, and they've kind of enjoyed just sitting back and talking to the people they're actually with. Because you, you think about a normal game, the energy, the excitement, the noise, the music, the horns. And then you got the drunk guy to the right. And then you got the kid that's throwing <laughs> sodas to the left. And cotton candy's getting stuck in your hair, right? So there's a lot of distractions. So I think it's more of an intimate experience now where I had a friend who took his daughter and they sat there and they just, they talked about hockey. They talked about life. He said it was one of the best experiences he's ever had at a sports event because he actually could watch and also connect with the person he went with. So what, what I will say to that, Dan, is that I, I encourage people to really give it a shot. And I think you're, you're going to fall in love with it because even just having a little extra people there has really made a huge difference for me. I think these players too. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Joey V have a great weekend, man. Thanks. It's always good to talk to you. Hey, great talking to you three as well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy a little bit of this sun, and it looks like the sun's going to be here for a little while, so enjoy it. We will. That's Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.